God wants us to do is reach people. Amen? Over in uh, Psalms 34, 19, I want to read this scripture to you first. And now don't, don't get excited. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Amen. Listen, some people, they just stop right there, and that's all they talk about, the afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, there's some people that don't want to serve God because they say, well, I started serving God, and everything started going wrong. Well, you know why it went wrong? It's because the devil don't want you serving the Lord, so he puts everything in your pathway to make it hard for you to do it. But, you know, that, that, that's, that's just a, you know, when things go wrong, that's just a good sign you're pleasing God, and the devil's mad. And I like to say the devil's mad and I'm glad. Because we're victorious in the name of Jesus. Jesus defeated him. And if we could ever get a hold of the gospel message, Jesus won the battle 2,000 years ago. The victory was won 2,000 years ago. And when we look at all the evil events that's taking place today, that doesn't mean that the Lord has turned his back or shut his eyes to what's going on, because he's still all-powerful God. He is still the Almighty. He's still the Creator. He's still the one that's in charge of this earth. The devil does not have charge of this earth. He's only got charge of those that submit to him. But as far as the earth, he hadn't got it yet, because God hadn't given it to him yet. Amen. He's not going to get it till the towards the end in the great tribulation time, and that's when he'll take control of the earth temporarily, by the way. Because then the Lord's going to send the judgments, and then God's going to send, uh, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Praise the Lord. And God's going to do what he said he would do. I believe the word, don't you? Some, you know, some people look at the word sometimes as a fairy story, you know, like a fairy tale. I, I mean, you know, we, we've heard it so long and so often. I want to tell you something. We're in the end. I don't know what the Jewish year, some of you may know better than I do. I know Ramon and Brady keep up with this a little more than, but we're in, uh, is it the year 57, 60 something or, uh, for the Jewish New Year, is this is y'all anybody familiar with that? I, I did see it the other day, but I know it's fifty-seven to fifty-eight hundred years. Meaning, when you look at the history of the Bible, there every two thousand years, there's some great event that takes place. Creation happened. Two thousand years later, the flood happened. Two thousand years later. Jesus Christ manifested himself in the flesh. He was already in the beginning. And he manifested himself in the flesh and defeated the devil on Golgotha's hill. And he became the supreme sacrifice. So that's 6,000 years. And every, let's see, no, that was 4,000. We had the creation and then, uh, creation and then the, 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 uh, the death of Jesus on the cross. That's, that's, uh, that's 4,000. Uh, that's, uh, 4, and now we're into the uh, end of the 6,000 years. The 7,000th year is going to be the millennial reign, by the way. But you know what? We're in the end of time. If 5,700 or 5,800, that's pretty close to getting close to 6,000. 
Amen. And we're, we're getting pretty close to the end time. And, and God is pretty predictable as far as his timing. He's pretty predictable on his timing. And when we begin to look at these things, and I'm not preaching on that this morning, but I just wanted to throw that in. That's free, by the way. But, uh, but the end time is coming. Jesus is coming soon. The coming of the Lord draws nigh. So every, you know, when you look at it, 6,000 years is nothing to the Lord. That's a drop in the bucket to eternity. And uh, it's nothing to God. Several thousand years doesn't mean anything to him. How many believes he's eternal? So God is eternal. Everything, everything about him is eternal. But thank God that we have it. But in the meantime, come back down to earth now. This is where we live. This is where we are. We're in the middle of the battle zone. Earth is the battle zone. This is where things are happening. And we're seeing things happen more rapidly than ever before. Prophecies are being fulfilled left and right. I mean, the prophetic events that are prophesied by prophets way back in the Old Testament even. And we're beginning to see these things begin to develop and happen as we're sitting here today. Things are developing and happening. But we're, we're here, and this is where God is wanting to meet us where we are right now. Thank, you ought to thank God that you're a part of the last generation. Because that's what we are. We're part of the last generation before the coming of the Lord. Before the end that begins to happen. But look what Psalms 34, 19 says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, now I've heard some people preach on that one scripture, but they don't put the, the, the other half of the scripture in there. They only talk about the afflictions. I don't want to hear about my problems i got enough problems. Amen. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, you know, but many are the, somebody, I want to come to church to hear something good like, God's going to make me a millionaire. Well, i got news for you. You're already a millionaire. Because you got everything you need through Jesus Christ. Every need you have is supplied according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So regardless of whether we have the status on our uh, whatever, you know, saying I, I'm a millionaire. And, and we know, listen, I know a lot of personal millionaires. We've probably got millionaires right here in our midst with us this morning. But you know, the thing is, we're all millionaires. Regardless of what your account says, God said He would supply all our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So God's all we need. Amen? But look, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hmm. Brother Clarence, you could have preached all day without telling me that. I done got problems enough. Many are, but listen, you gotta read the last part. How many, I don't know about you, but, my wife is real bad about this. She's not in here. I can talk about her. But she'll get a book, and she'll start reading it, and she'll start telling me about it. And then I start reading the book. I get interested, and, I, and I'm getting there. And she said, do you want me to tell you what happened? I said, no, because I know what you did. You read the last chapter already. 
she reads the last chapter back, you know. And I said, no, I want to get up there. i got to have the tense moment, you know. But many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Doesn't say he delivers you out of some of them. I, I had somebody tell me one time, they said, Brother Clarence, I'm just happy to just get a couple of prayers answered here and there, you know, bless the Lord. You know, that's not good enough. Oh, that's another thing my wife says when we're doing something. And I'm a very meticulous, particular human being. And when I'm doing something, I want it just right. And she'll do it. And I said, no. And she said, that's good enough. Let's go. Well, I'm not a good enough Christian. I want everything God says. And what we need to understand, that he will deliver us out of them all. Hallelujah. I don't want just my pain to cease. I want God to take care of the source of the pain. I don't want my eyes to just get better. I want God to take the source of it. Make them stronger. How many believe you can? I believe that. You know, there's no, and all of us here wear glasses. I I wear them just to keep me focused good, you know, but I I can see. I can see back there. I can see everywhere, you know, but, but I just keep these. They're not really that strong, but it kind of keeps them, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's, I don't know what that's called in the eye when you, uh, uh, huh? Well, dilate, but, uh, but, yeah, it keeps me from being cross-eyed. There you go. <laughs> well, we did have a movie, Clarence the Cross-Eyed Line, you know. But, but anyway. But the Lord. Everybody say, but the Lord. But the Lord. That, that, that conjunction, but, says a lot. I've, I've counseled, um, I, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of people through the years. And they'll sit there and start telling me their problems. I'll say, yes, but. They say, I knew you was going to say that, preacher. But. The Lord. I said, that's right. The Lord has redeemed us. The Lord has healed us. The Lord has made provisions for us. The Lord has already taken care of the enemy before you ever face him. That don't mean you're not going to face the obstacle. But God's already taken care of it before you ever face it. Because he's God. Amen. But many of the afflictions. Now look over at Exodus 14. And I I, want to get into this real quick. And Moses said to the people. Now remember the children of Israel were in bondage for all of those years. And here come along Moses, the deliverer. And what did God, God just... You know, God just makes mockery of the devil every time you turn around, you know. Here, the Egyptians were had the children of Israel in captivity and in bondage. Moses was born, and they were killing all of the newborn baby boys because the prophecies, now listen to this, the prophecies stated about a male child rising up and being the king and being the ruler. And so the Egyptians tried to kill every male child that was born, 
That was the whole reasoning behind it. But they hid him. His mother hid him in a little ark of bulrushes that they built for him, put him on the river. And Miriam, the sister of Moses, was sitting there watching, making sure everything's okay. But they put it right down by the river where the, queen, the, the king's daughter went and bathed every day. And she saw the little baby in the, in the little ark and took him. And then Miriam comes out and says, hey, you're going to need a nursemaid for that baby. She said, I got just the woman for you. She went and got her mama. <laughs> and his own mama went in and took care of him in the palace of the Pharaoh. Now, isn't that something? Moses was in the middle of all of that. But don't you know all those years that the mother had that baby rocking him, feeding him? Moses, you're chosen of God. You're a chosen child. God put you here. You're going to rise up when you're older, and you're going to deliver God's people. You're going to set them free. And you know, Moses, that got in his spirit. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can you say amen? Now look what Moses said. Moses grew up, delivered the children of Israel, and there they were going out of the uh, out of bondage. And Pharaoh had let them go. Then Pharaoh said, well, "What did I do that for? Let's run after them. Get all the army together. We can catch them. We can we can go ahead and annihilate them." And and look, look Moses said, "Here they are. They've left Pharaoh." Now there's a Red Sea in front of them. Pharaoh's coming up behind them. And here's the, they're in the, right, they're in a predicament. How many's ever been in a predicament? A predicament. I mean, you're in a real predicament. And you don't know which way to go. They didn't know which way to go. But you know what the Lord did? Moses said, look what Moses said, do not be afraid. Fear not. Stand still. Isn't that hard to do sometimes? Yes. We think we got to help God out a lot of times. Stand still. You've been witnessing to your kids and they don't want to listen to you. And you just want to go slap them upside the head, you know, and just say, look, understand what I'm saying. But you can't do that. But you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You just have, sometimes you got, it's hard to stand still and zip your mouth. <laughs> but stand still. And which he will accomplish for you today, for the Egyptians whom you see today, this enemy that you see today, you'll see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. That's all Moses had to say. That's it. But have you ever felt like your back was against a wall? How many ever been there against a wall? Don't know which way to go. You don't know what else to do. You've done everything you've been taught to do. You've been done everything that all everybody has counseled you to do, and it seems like nothing's happening. And you're between a, what we call a rock and a hard place. That's a hard place to be in. Between a rock and a hard place, it's not very comfortable to be in that situation. But you know what? God said He delivers us. God says he delivers us. I'm the Lord that delivers you out of them all. Praise God. It doesn't matter. 
You, you know, you may get out of one situation and boom, the devil hits you with another one. But you know what? You just say, devil, that's okay. Just move aside. The Lord shall deliver me out of them all. Because God's on my side, and, and we're, we're going to see what God's going to do. Amen? You know, how many remember that old song? We, we used to sing that song a lot. Uh, he set me free, oh, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. And glory to God, he set me free. We're free. Every one of us are free. We're, whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to believe it. Amen. So now what happens is they encounter a big problem, the Red Sea. How many's discovered that being saved does not insulate nor isolate you from the problems of this old sin-cursed world? Have you noticed that? Being a Christian, being a Holy Ghost-filled Christian, being a believer, a member of a church, but it doesn't insulate you or isolate you from the problems of this sin-cursed world. We're in this world. Didn't Jesus say this? You're in this world, but not of this world. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he told the disciples. I have overcome the world, so we don't have to worry about it. Now, struggles and difficulties are part of our life in maturing in the things of God. How do you know that God will be a miraculous God unless you have a situation where you need a miracle? Huh? How how many knows, you know, you can say God's a miracle worker, but you don't know what he is until you've been in a situation where you need that miracle. And God's going to, listen, whatever we're in, many are the afflictions. Hey, you're not in a class by yourself. We're all members of that class, of the many. Many. But the Christian life is what God's called us to. But look what, uh, the Lord doesn't take us, sometimes he takes you the long way around. That's what happened to Israel. They got, they had to go the long way around to get to where they needed to go. But the Lord went before them in Exodus 13, 21. He went before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And sometimes, you know, have you ever felt like well, your glory cloud's leading in the wrong direction? <laughs> How many has ever felt like you've been going the wrong direction? Then it happens to all of us. You say, Lord, I thought I heard from you. I thought I thought I was doing what you told me to do, and it's not working. And... And, and we, we just have to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you all the way. <laughs> and God knows. Listen, God knows the way through the wilderness, by the way. When he led the children of Israel into the wilderness, he led them through the wilderness. Because he knows the way through the wilderness. But we're not going to get through the wilderness by listening to every Tom, Dick, and Harry on radio and television, 
And the, I, listen, I, 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 I know we have to keep up with the news. I, I do know that. And we try to keep up with the news as much as possible. But I tell you what, I get so sick and tired of all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even from the good side. And, and I, I'm saying, Lord, there's got to be more to life than just, yeah, 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 you know. Well, there is more to life. Let him be Lord. He will do what he said he would do. Can you say amen? Because God is on our side. God knows the way. Everybody say God knows the way through the wilderness. And they came up against the Red Sea. And what happens is that his back was against the wall. Sometimes you feel like your back's against the wall. Sometimes you feel like there's no way to go. Sometimes you feel like there's no exit out of this situation. Uh, you ever been in a... <laughs> Have you ever got somewhere one time? One time I remember going somewhere and it was a big crowd of people there and I, I didn't, I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, I just didn't feel comfortable there and, and, and all of a sudden I, I said, where's the exit? Where's the exit? And he, I mean, you're looking for an exit to get out of there. You're looking for a way out, a way out of that thing. And this is what happens when we have our back against the wall sometimes. You, you say, Lord, what, where to now? What do we do now? Now look what instructions God gives instructions. If, if, we'll be, if we'll be keen to hear from God, God will instruct you and show you exactly what to do. And he'll give you the directions on where you're to go. But look what his instructions is. Fear not. I wanted to hear a good long sermon, Moses. Moses stood up and said, fear not. They, they do better than to let fear override their minds and, and their understanding. Most of us know. That we know better than to let fear dominate us. We know better, but yet at the same time, when your back's against the wall, guess what shows up? That emotion of fear. Fear. I like what the definition of fear I got a hold of one day, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. That's, that's what real fear is. It's just false evidence appearing real. Why? Because this word, the Bible said this word is truth. This is the truth. Fear gives you something else that clouds the truth. But fear is not part of our being because God hadn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank God for the presence of the Lord. Can you say amen? But listen, he said, fear not. Same thing Jesus told his disciples when he came to them in the middle of a storm. Fear not. Sometimes when God comes to us in the middle of our storm, we want to, get, we want to let fear dominate us at that point too. You know, that's what we want to do sometimes, just let the fear dominate us. I want to tell you, fear is not going to have no control of my mind. Amen? And so each one of us, we may not understand our circumstances right now. Some of us are in situations you don't understand why you're there. And you know what? I don't know why. I go through circumstances, Sister Paul. I don't know why. Why, Lord? But you know what I do know and what I've learned? Fear not. Fear not. Stand still. Today, you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. And this is what we've got to have to get a hold of, that fear not. 
Someone had said, I read, I read this somewhere, that there's 366 times the Bible admonishes us not to fear. 366 times. Now, if that be the case, you know, then there's one for every day of the year, including the leap year. 366 times in the Bible where he says, fear not. Fear not. So we, we need to just get a hold of it. Uh, one little boy had a, had a play. How many of those kids love little Christmas plays and stuff like that? And, and they, they practice hard to do those plays. And we already just applaud them, you know, and, and we always make over them. But this little boy, he had to deliver, uh, he, he had one line, one line to deliver in that church service, in that church play. Had one line to deliver. And his knees were knocking back and forth, you know, just, have you ever got, I, I've, listen, I've heard of people's, their knees knocking back and forth when they were scared. I got scared like that one time my knees were knocking. I said, well, I understand what they're talking about now. But that's what, because it was what happens. But listen, all he had to do is walk out and say, this is his words, his line. It is I, be not afraid. That was his line. But you know what happened? He was so fearful. He walked out and saw that big crowd. And he said, it's me, and I'm scared. Yeah, it's me and I'm scared. <laughs> see, fear is when you can't see God through the circumstances. That's when fear comes. And, you know, we can be troubled. The Bible said we're troubled on every side, but not perplexed. We don't have to be perplexed. That's not what God's looking for us. And, and you know... Uh, there was no way out. The children of Israel were saying, there's no way out of this situation, Moses. You know, it, there's just no way out. But listen, sometimes God puts our back against the wall. I heard one fellow tell me one time, he said, Brother Clarence, my back's been against the wall so much, my imprint of my body's there. <laughs> you know, and have, you, you probably feel the same way sometimes on, on things in your life. But listen, there, they look left, right. They look left and right, front and back. They didn't see no way out. There wasn't no way out. Why? Because there was a Red Sea facing them. The army coming up from this direction here, and there was no way out of their situation and their location at that particular time, except to trust God. Hmm. And then Moses told them this. Fear not, stand still. Oh, that's hard for some people. Have you ever taken care of little kids? <laughs> I know you have. Laura does all the time. Paula does. <laughs> Different ones do, you know. little, little kids. I'll tell you what, there's some kids. i tell you. I used to be that way, too, I guess, because my mama told me one day, you're so fidgety. Well, I didn't know what that meant, and I thought I had some terrible disease. I mean, she said, you're so fidgety. Set her down. You're too fidgety. My mama didn't even have a third grade education. She knew a bigger word than I did, you know. Fidgety. Don't be fidgety. <laughs> but how many knows that's what happens? Amen? 
Stand still. We've got to learn how to stand still. Have you ever been around somebody that don't know how to stand still? I'm talking about the natural. They don't know how to stand still. They don't know how to stop. They don't know how to relax and rest. They haven't learned that secret of resting in the Lord. You're not going to do anything to cause something better to take place. I'm talking about in the natural realms of things. Of, of, of your, But what you've got to do is say, Lord, I've done all I know to do. See, when you've done all you know to do, then you stand. You just stand. And stand still. We don't like to be told to wait. <laughs> wait on the Lord. Now, that word wait on the Lord doesn't mean sitting by somewhere. And just sitting on the curb, curbside waiting on God. You know, that's not what it means in, in Isaiah there where it said, wait on the Lord and he'll renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. That word wait has the same uh, meaning as servitude or serving God or serving the Lord. What we need to do when you're in the midst of your trial, instead of just sitting down and saying, well, I ain't going to move till God moves. Glory to God. I, I'm not going to do nothing because God said he would do it, and I'm going to see what he does. No, waiting on the Lord is worshiping him, serving him. And that word wait, that's the reason I like to get into the um, Bible dictionary. or the. It's written in Hebrew, and you get the Hebrew meaning, and it shows you exactly what waiting is. And it means to serve. And to worship, to trust. That's what waiting on the Lord is. And to wait on God. But listen, but there's still another direction. We're going to look up. We've got to look up. Lift up our eyes and behold. Lift up our eyes and look beyond the horizon. Look beyond the circumstances. Look beyond the problem. But stand still. Everybody, you know, all, the, all of our advertising today is is always instant this and instant that, you know. <laughs> we want instant this. Uh, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of enjoying the cooked meals my wife does now. I had all those instant meals when I was single, you know, and, uh, and, and all those uh, pre-cooked meals, you know, like, uh, well, uh, you know, they're already made up and, and all they got to do is heat them up. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, I like that fresh stuff too. And I, I, I like, but listen, we got to let God Teach us how to wait on Him. Wait on the Lord, Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen. Be of good courage; He shall strengthen thy heart. Uh, and wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He'll strengthen. Amen. And so, what did happen? What What happened now is they had to learn how to stand still and wait. And now, then. God gives them another order. Forward march. Moses told them, said, now the enemy you see today, you'll see no more. In fact, Moses kind of got discouraged with the people's moaning and groaning and got in his tent. And the Lord told him, 
He said, why are you sitting in here crying, Moses? Get up, get out there, and give the order to the people, forward, march. That's, that's kind of in everyday language. It's not in the Hebrewic or Jewish, you know, but, but he said, forward, march. And can you see the people's eyes when here comes the man of God and said, we're going forward? They see the dust getting closer from the chariots and the horses of the, of the army of Egypt coming against them. And now then God says, forward, march. And then all they're looking at them is a big old, big old, uh, Red Sea that's deep. <laughs> and, and, but you know what happened? When they started marching towards there, I don't know how far they were from the, from the, uh, actual sea itself. But they had to forward march. That's the only way they could go. That's the way God said to go. But God, the Bible said God caused a strong east wind to blow all night long. And it jailed the water up and made a perfect pathway through that Red Sea. Now, listen, there's some corny, phony theologians that say, well... You know, yeah, they went through the Red Sea, but it was only just a few inches of water at that time, and it wasn't very deep at all. You know, well, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said he jailed that water up, big wall. They walked across on dry ground, and the army of Israel saw them doing it, and they said, well, bless me, I can do that too. Come on. Pharaoh said, let's go. And when they got all the children of Israel on the other side, and when they, the army of Egypt come through there, guess what? That water that was only a few inches, according to some theologians, it drowned the whole army. <laughs> so it was a miracle, but it was more than just a few inches. It drowned the whole army that was coming across. But listen, forward march, stand firm. This is what Moses told him in Exodus 14. Stand firm. You'll see the deliverance of the Lord today. You stand firm and stand still. You're going to see the salvation of God. You're going to see the victory. Stand still. You're going to see the healing. Stand still. You're going to see the manifestation of that miracle that you're believing for, whatever it might be. You stand still and do what God says to do, and you're going to see what God's going to do. Amen? What we, we have to obey God and allow Him to do His job. Isn't that what Moses was asking? Lord, what do I tell my people? They're already, you know, nervous. What am I going to tell them? And the Lord said, why do you cry to me? You're the leader. Why do you cry to me? Hey, did you know I've told parents this? They, they, they've talked about their kids getting into rebellion and things. and They come in there and sit and they're crying and bawling. I said, why are you crying to me about it? They're under your authority. You've got the right to stand up. You've got the right to stand up with the authority, God's authority as a parent. And stand up and speak, thus saith the Lord. I had one family member, they come to me, they were having trouble with their teenagers. I mean, it was bad, big, bad time. I mean, bad situations. And... I just shared that with them. I said, you're the boss. When did they become the boss? 
When did our children become the boss? Amen. Train up a child. Isn't that what the Bible says? In the way that he should go. And then when he's old, he won't depart from it. A little discipline never hurt nobody. Amen. Oh, oh, didn't you just hate it when you got those little switches after you? My mom explained to me one time. She said, now, son, the reason I'm using this switch is because it's against the law for me to beat you with a piece of lumber. <laughs> but this switch is going to burn and it's going to make you remember. And it did. And it didn't leave no whelps. The switch don't leave. You know what I mean? It just kind of, it stings. And uh, you remember it. Amen. And this, listen, God, listen, we're, we're, we're in charge, not the devil. The devil does not control our destiny. We're in charge. Can you say amen? Victory's ours. And God's protection was visible as they obeyed the Lord. They had to obey. And God's vengeance was swift, swift and true, just like God said. So, but what God is telling us this morning, whatever, whatever, Whatever the situation is, stand still. Stay with God. Don't you know the disciples, when they were in, or or the uh, uh, soldiers and stuff that was in the boat with Paul, when that storm came up and, and the Lord had already given him commandments, said, stay with the boat. And every person that stays with the boat is going to make it safe. Every person that stays with a boat is going to make it safe. So what we've got to do is learn that God's on our side. Just stay the course. Stay the course. I know Paul is, you know, you, you, you've shared with me, you know, you went through days where did, you couldn't lift that arm up if you wanted to praise the Lord with it lifted up. You know, how many knows what she's talking about? You've probably been in situations like that. I tell you what, she still praised the Lord. She still worshiped God. We don't have to let things like that stop us. We still worship the Lord. And then Wednesday morning, I tell you what, I thought she was going to take off. She's like a windmill. God touched her. Do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's word works. I said it works. Stay with God. Don't get ahead of Him. Stay where God's put you. Don't get ahead of God. God is still for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? So stay with the Lord. Don't try in your own strength to swim across the Red Sea. <laughs> you can't do it. But what we got to do is just wait on the Lord. And he'll make a way through the Red Sea. See, if you wait on God, serving, worshiping him, he'll show you the way out. And God will give you the victory. Fear not. And this is what the Bible said? This is what Moses Fear not, stand still. Today, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Today, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. So when our back's against the wall, it's when God does his very best work. I said, when it looks like there's no way out... That's when you know God is stronger than ever. 
because he will never leave you nor forsake you. I heard this saying one time, man's extremities are God's opportunities. Man's extremities are God's opportunities. God wants, listen, you, we've all given God some opportunities to manifest his might and power. We're going to manifest, we're going to see the manifest, the coronavirus is not going to destroy Faith Assembly Church. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, well, quit talking and start praying. Well, yeah, but I had, don't say it. If you come to me and start talking negative, I'm going to say, I may even get really rude and say, shut up. Man's extremities are God's opportunities. Because when God moves and we obey, it is clear who gets the glory. God's going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory. This too shall pass. Amen? Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, this too shall pass. God is still on the throne. Faith Assembly Church is not dead. It's still alive. The anointing of God is still present. And somebody said, well, I don't, don't, stop it. Don't say it. Because God's word is truth. God's promises are true. God didn't move me from South Texas all the way up to North Texas in this cold weather where I had warmer weather down there, you know, <laughs> for defeat. We're going to see victory. I don't care what the Red Sea looks like. I don't care how deep it looks. I don't care what everybody else is saying. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. God says. And I rebuke any doubt, fear, and unbelief words in Jesus' name. Because victory's ours. And we're going forward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know what kind of mountains in front of you, what kind of rivers in front of you, what kind of red seas in front of you. But I'll tell you one thing. God is in charge. Lift your hands and thank God for the word of the Lord that's ours. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You know what we got to do? Is just do this old song that we're going to do here. And if you've got something in your life right now that's plaguing you, trying to show you that God's not true, God's not faithful, God's not powerful, well, reach out and touch the Lord. As he walks by, you will find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment, your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He 
walks by. Lift your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to reach out, reach out. Touch the Lord as He walks by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passed by this moment all your needs to Supply. Reach 